-hmm. How can we ensure a diversity mm -hmm. of approaches, get exposure as they de deserve, and prevent an overinvestment in a limited of techniques? Similarly, academics tend to establish strong beliefs about other fields that come off often as arrogance and elitism and discouraging exploration of ideas out of the mainstream. So simply I'm asking how, how can we enable more inclusive culture around competitive ideas? So that's a, that's a really interesting point. I, I think that there is, the, I mean, generically, we should try to slow things down again. Mm. Since right now, um, people are too quickly flocking around ideas simply because the speed of, um, of science has become way too fast. And um, but I think it would, would really, really help is if we could even um, could, could even desynchronize. So that not, uh, it's not it's not so much anymore about that everybody wants to be present in all the top conferences, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but much rather that we really go back to um, to a system like we used to have when you look back oh, more than 60, 70 years, when people just published way fewer of their ideas. And therefore, com competing ideas could survive much longer um, and uh, would be tested much stronger against each other. Um, like even if you look at the early days of AI, you had both the symbolic people who mm. came from planning and logic competing against the learning guys. Now, we consider the symbolic people dead today, um, but that's probably not a good thing since at some point we will need symbols again mm. it's not clear when and um, having completely killed their um, community we have also killed their insights and we may need to recover or rediscover everything they did so by but by slowing things down and not making everything about top conferences um, it, we may have a big advantage and if we I would actually do the following. I would say we limit the number of papers that we, anybody can publish in their lifetime. Mm. So you really try to uh, say that, well, the top conferences, they will only accept so and so many papers in your lifetime, which have your name on it. And well, I don't think anybody has more than, let's say, 20 great ideas in their life. So um, if there are people running around and have 20 NIPS papers per year, and well, they're not quite that many, but they're like people who have 10 NIPS papers per year, well, you, you already recognize that these can't be 10 great ideas, since otherwise they would be shutting, well, would be running out of the 20 great ideas of their life very, very fast. Mm -hmm. So the only reason why they um, have so many papers is either because, well, the incremental ideas in there or because they have a lot of people who work for them and who just well, create the ideas for them. Mm -hmm. Later is very, very hard to believe. Um, and um, I mean, not that they have a lot of people, but that they all have great ideas. And so in the end, a lot of incremental stuff becomes much more publishable 
because we're all running like a herd. But mm. if you as an established researcher were actually forced to keep on the well, on the big picture, not on maximizing currency. And again, if you're as a junior researcher, where well, really could focus on that one big idea instead of trying to make well five five um, quick incremental contributions, well then you would have a major advantage. And um, you know there there are other fields where people are much more oriented about. Uh, figuring out big things like let's say in physics and they typically have just one journal paper or two journal papers from their PhD while like if you look at the typical computer scientists they shell out their three conference papers per year and that's just the sick way of um, doing science because well in the moment where they have finished one paper they have to start the next one and so ending with something which which Einstein at some point big time criticized he said well if you're doing science by producing large amounts of paper then you're a big paper trail then you're in the end not doing worthwhile science oh, I that's, think that's yeah. that's at the core of this yeah that's uh, super competitiveness yeah that's super important point and we discussed that frequently in the podcast and I would like to thank you for bring this point again. I, I would like to ask you first a question. What be consequences mm -hmm. behind this trend where we have to be fast and you have to publish as much as you can and we move from the quality to quantity and that's what we have. And secondly, who is a key player for this for encouraging this behavior? Is it the employer? Is it a maybe funding agency? Or how, how we can make a collective movement against this trend that we have in academia in general? So the, the second question, who's, who's the culprit? I would say at the moment, it's actually industry, which is the key culprit, because people get jobs for, well, having written papers and people get hired in industry now to write academic papers. And mm -hmm. that's going to be that, that, that culprit though is going to die by itself since industry at some point will figure out, well, People who write papers, well, they don't create products and they, in the end, will not help the company on the long run. Mm -hmm. So a few companies can maybe able to afford it still for a longer term, like, I don't know, let's say Google and so on, but the majority of them will sooner or later stop um, about writing papers. And there was a time when, you know, when in natural language processing, in Google, they also wrote lots of papers and then they suddenly stopped and became more and more silent around the people um, because they well, were more focused on what actually made money for um, mm -hmm. them and much less on competing with the, uh, well, competing thing with academia. And well, papers weren't so much of a, um, a hiring factor as it is right now. So I think that's. The problem of um, of it being a part of the hiring factor that's gonna be disappearing at some point eventually. But it's it may still take another couple of years, two or three years. Mm -hmm. But um, at some point, companies will become sane again, and this create this this is, it's just gonna go the same way as the 
um, well, all of the the other speculation hypes. Yeah. I think so. There, there, I'm not too worried. Mm-hmm. Um, can you bring it back to your first part of the question? Yeah, the consequences behind this. We move from the consequences. Qu- yeah, from quant- um, quality to quantity. Yeah. Yes, I think the the consequences for how it has changed our undergrads is are tremendous, right? I mean, like when. I became a, when I applied for grad school um, 20 years ago, I basically, well, I had some publications already and that was pretty much the exception. But mm-hmm. the interesting thing is the professors actually didn't care too much about that since um, they actually reckoned back then it was like, okay, if he has some publications, well, that's um, it's fine, but uh, my that just means he had a good advisor um with whom we had worked or so they, they gave a lot of credit to other things um instead of and instead what they looked at was you know, the research statement for example and on how you could actually argue what you would like to do in your life what motivation you have for your your phd um, well what are the problems you really want to solve and how good a case can you make for these and that's actually a much more sensible approach since and if you can sell a good vision then this typically means you've really really thought about it and if this vision sounds like something people have read many many times well then you're automatically boring Mm. well if you're you're trying to sell a paper well you you get a ton of people who you know every i get every week now applicants who say oh we have applied deep reinforcement learning on this robot simulator and I'm like, okay, hmm, yeah, fine, it's great, but uh, what do you want to do? And you, and if I want to see experience, I would rather know real robot experience and have you actually tweaked the system for real and not just some simulator or yeah. something like this. And that's not very easy to get into a paper, right? I mean, in the moment where you're building a system and, and really learning how to do a system, that's much, much harder than well, writing a little bit of text and getting it published. 